Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I'm a flag-waving patriotic Nephew of my Uncle Sam, a rough-riding, fighting Yankee man. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. So Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt is appealing a liberal Johnson County District Court judge's ruling that recently held unenforceable 2021 Senate Bill SB 40. That's the newly enacted law that reformed and, frankly, fixed the Kansas Emergency Management Act that had previously allowed the governor and many unelected bureaucrats across the state to impose draconian restrictions on businesses and individual liberties throughout the state. Joining us now to discuss the case is Attorney General Derek Schmidt. General, thank you for joining us this evening. My pleasure, John, and good evening. So, uh, General, i got to be honest with you, I'm not an attorney. I I play one on TV. I play one on radio. Um, (laughs) I, I tried to review... The judge's ruling, it was a little confusing. It, it seems like he is ta- only taking issue with one really provision within the law. But at the same time, if I read it right, it seemed like he struck down the entire law. I, I really couldn't tell. So uh, wh- where does where does the current Akima stand right now? Well, your guess is as good as mine, which, of course, is the fundamental problem here. You're exactly right. There was one issue in front of the court with respect to one or arguably two parts of this much broader reform bill that the legislature passed this year regarding emergency management. This all arose as a fight between some parents and the Shawnee Mission School District. Uh, The parents disagreed with some of the school district's policies regarding masking and other mitigation strategies. And under this new bill, the parents had a statutory right to go in and dispute the decision and then go to court and get an expedited decision. They did that. And the court, in hearing this dispute about uh, the underlying issue, took a look at the statute and said, in essence, you know what? We think the whole statute has a constitutional problem, even though the parties in the lawsuit didn't raise that issue, weren't arguing about that. So then the court invites us in, the attorney general's office in. We weren't part of this case initially. It was a fight between parents and a school district. But he invited us in in order to defend the constitutionality of the statute. We did that. And then nonetheless, he ruled the statute unconstitutional. It's a bit challenging to read the opinion, as you point out, John, and figure out exactly how broad this opinion is. The fight was about one narrow provision of the statute, yet there's broad language in the opinion that suggests that the entire statute may be now invalidated by this court order. And, of course, that's what's injected confusion and uncertainty uh, you know, into a whole lot of areas that had nothing to do with this case. The question now is, if the judge, in fact, has invalidated the statute, Uh, What is the law regarding emergency management in Kansas? Uh, Most of us think that if that's the case, the law is as it was in this past January, the most recent previous change the legislature made. Looks like the governor is taking the position that 
if the statute's invalid in its current form, things revert all the way back to the powers she had when the pandemic began. I don't think that can be true, but nonetheless, all sorts of disputes are now have now been invited by this, we think, ambiguous and overbroad court order. So we're appealing and we're now going to have to ask the Kansas Supreme Court to step in and, and fix things. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I watched the governor's press conference this week and that's what she said at her press conference. She flat out stated that she has all of her authorities back under the old Kima law. So basically she thinks she's queen again. But I, I remember you, you had SB 14 that was passed back in January. That was the version that, I mean, if, if you're going backwards, he didn't invalidate that law. So that would be in effect. And that was the one that set up the countermeasures with the LCC. It had some other, you know, uh, checks and balances that were put into place. Why wouldn't it revert back to that? She's going back to basically saying that she's now the, the queen, can run everything, do everything, and there's no checks and balances whatsoever. I mean, it just seems like that's the way she'd like it, obviously, but I don't know how she's getting that legally, is she? We don't see how that can be the case. There was the law as it existed prior to the COVID declaration in March of 2020, a year ago this past March, and it granted vast and sweeping powers to a governor uh, on the theory that no governor would abuse those powers during a time of emergency. Yeah, well, that theory Our we lost. did abuse those powers, <laughs> yeah. right. And so then in June of 2020, you'll recall, the legislature came back in special session and enacted some changes, some checks and balances, some restrictions on the governor's powers. And then in January of this year, the legislature came back again and enacted some additional checks and balances on the governor's powers. And then before the end of the session, they made yet another change in Senate Bill 40. So there have been several rounds of changes here. Now, it is a little bit hard to follow without a flowchart because some of those changes the legislature enacted, it's sunset after a specified period of time. And those sunsets are already behind us. So, you know, what happens if there's a check and balance enacted in January, but by the terms of the January bill, it's sunset in March. Well, now we're past March, so the sunset is passed. It was replaced by the new bill, Senate Bill 40, which now the judge at least potentially has invalidated. It is a little bit hard looking back to figure out exactly what the state of the law is. But our view, and I think this is pretty you know, straightforward, is that you just have to look provision by provision. And the really important part is that there's a provision in the January law that was not sunset. So if we revert back, it would go to that, that says the governor cannot declare another state of emergency related to COVID without the permission of the, uh, actually the state finance council. Right. That's the key because, you know, without a new emergency, these powers aren't available, even if they otherwise might be. So we, we just, bottom line is we don't need to have, we don't need to relitigate all this. We just need the court to make clear that, the lawsuit that started all of this is really only about a narrow piece of the emergency management law. Everything else remains in force, which we think should be the case. And then we'll fight it out in the appellate courts over that narrow piece. But there's just this unnecessary injection of confusion, and it's terribly unfortunate. It is, and, and I'm, I think you're right. I hope that's the way it turns out. Um, let me ask you about this. Uh, we're talking with Attorney General Derek Schmidt, by the way. Another news story I wanted to ask you about comes from the socialist enclave of Lawrence, Kansas, where District County, uh, Douglas County, District Attorney Suzanne Valdez announced this week that she won't prosecute anyone under a new state law that deals with 
ballot harvesting, signature matching, tampering with mail-in ballots, and obstructing election workers. Basically, said she said, I don't like the law. I disagree with the law. Therefore, I'm not going to prosecute the law. Um, she's publicly saying, Derek, that she's not going to enforce laws that she doesn't agree with, right? I mean, that's that's essentially what she's saying. Yeah, I read that in the newspaper, which, by the way, is how I learned about it. I read a newspaper article about what apparently was being said and done or not done in, in Douglas County and in Lawrence. Uh, obviously, it's disturbing. And yeah. so I, I've, I've now had a discussion with the district attorney, and it looks to me like she, in fact, does intend to do what the, the news reported. You don't want to assume the news coverage is accurate. So, you know, we went to the source. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, that that's a problem. I've told her and we'll be saying publicly at the appropriate time, which I think is coming up soon, uh, since there's an election on Tuesday. Look, under Kansas law uh, for these election crimes, if the local authorities don't prosecute, the attorney general does have authority to, and we are, our door is open. We're certainly willing to receive these cases should they happen from law enforcement, whether it's in Douglas County or anywhere else in the state. And if the evidence warrants, we will prosecute the cases. So there is a fail safe here. It's a, you know, it's an unfortunate uh, back and forth uh, between the, uh, the, the state in our office and the state in the DA's office. But at least there is a fail-safe, and we'll exercise it and make sure the law gets enforced. I just think, I mean, this is crazy. How is it legal? How can, I mean, can she be brought before the Bar Association? I mean, it just, what, where does this stop? I mean, what's to prevent another, a conservative DA somewhere from saying, you know what, I don't agree with any gun restrictions, so I'm not going to prosecute any illegal firearm possession. I mean, I'm taking that to an extreme, but the left wouldn't like that if we started to do that. If a pro-gun DA decided to do that, I, I I just do your job. You don't like the law, then lobby and get legislators to change the law. But you can't just ignore a law that you don't agree with. I, I agree with that philosophy, John. And you know, you and I have worked together a long time in different capacities. When you were in the legislature, you know, my philosophy as Attorney General has been: I'm sworn to. Uh, to do my job as the law requires. And yeah. sometimes that requires me to do things, frankly, as a policy matter, I might prefer not to do, but it doesn't matter. I don't second guess the policymaking process. I do my job as attorney general. And I think the vast majority of prosecutors around the state do that as well. This appears to be a, a very unfortunate situation. I wish it weren't happening, but it is. Uh, so we'll step in, step into the breach and make sure that our election crimes laws are able to be enforced throughout the state uh, regardless of any sort of local dynamics. I well, think that's uh, that's I, the least we can do. I'm glad that you're doing that because somebody needs to do it. And uh, on you know SB40, I'm glad that you're doing that as well because I have a sneaking suspicion any day now we're going to start seeing some more you know dictates from Cedarcrest, and I'll be glad to have somebody there pushing back. Speaking of Cedarquest, Cedar boy, I'm telling you, tonight – I, I got thrown off talking to Mark Levitt. It got me all excited. Um, <laughs> how's the campaign going? I've been seeing, you know, endorsements are coming down. It seems like you're all, you were just back down here in Wichita yesterday or the day before. You've been all over the state. How's the campaign going? It's going great, John. I mean, our guys, and by our guys, I mean Republicans in Kansas, Republican voters are ready to fire Laura Kelly and elect a conservative Amen. governor. And we're giving them a great option to make that happen. Folks are starting to fall in line behind our campaign. I think that's what it takes so that we don't wind up, uh, you know, back uh, sort of divided among ourselves the way we were in 2018 and Laura Kelly slipped through. That's what we don't want to have happen. 
And you know, so far the response is great, and we're going to keep hustling every day because the stakes are too high. We, we can't risk another loss and give Laura Kelly and not just her, but the entire Democrat apparatus, not just four, but eight full years mm. to get our state off track. That would be uh, that's just an unacceptable outcome. I agree with that. Well, if, if folks are interested, if they want more information or if they want to donate, it's SchmidtForKansas.com, correct? Yes, sir. That's right. We'd welcome all the support from uh, anybody around the state who wants to uh, defeat Laura Kelly, elect a conservative governor, and take our state back. General, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you, my friend. Carry on the fight, brother. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. Take care. We're going to pay a few bills. When we return, we'll continue our 2021 local election candidate profiles with USD 259 school board candidate Hazel Stabler. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.